Some days you miss Rush Limbaugh more than others. Today is one of those days because, man, oh, what I would pay to hear the Maha tear into Hillary Clinton. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. What a tremendous uh, joy and pleasure it was to gather with so many people. We just packed this church, huge church, um, Cedar Park Church in Bothell. They had incredible security on hand. I told Antifa, come and try us. And just to see all of you. And we've had a whole bunch of requests to take this stuff on the road. I talked to my pastor about that briefly this morning and a friend of mine, and, and we may do that. But just for everybody who got the opportunity to attend, um, will God rescue America? Thank you for that. Just such a pleasure to, to see you and, and to know that we're not alone in this. And we know that because of emails and social media. But um, when you speak in a room alone, as I do most of the time, uh, I can't tell you how meaningful it is to go out and connect with people and to meet people who I've known through social media for, for it seems like a decade. And in some cases, it nearly is a decade. And to get to meet for the first time. Uh, so thank you for that. We uh, sold our first 100 t-shirts, by the way, the Todd Herman Show t-shirts. There's a couple of tweaks I want to make. I love the design. There's a couple of tweaks I want to make before I take them out to a broader public. And uh, just thanks for that as well. There's a reason that we ask you to introduce this podcast to the audience of our, of our friend Rush Limbaugh. God rest Rush. Uh, number one uh, is its economics. Uh, we were so well received and, and kindly treated by the Limbaugh audience that it would help this show tremendously. Not that God hasn't blessed it. God, the Lord has blessed this enormously. No doubt. We are so thankful, but yeah, having access to more of Russia's audience would be a big deal for us. Here's the other reason. Just Sunday at church, I was approached by a very nice gentleman named Jack who just walked up and said, are you Todd Herman? I said, yeah. And we shook hands and, and he was a huge fan of the Maha and listened to my radio program and was aware I had a podcast, but didn't really know about it until recently. And he brought over two gentlemen later I think it was Bill and Gary, and forgive me uh, for having a bad memory, but we visited briefly and they didn't know about the podcast. And I will tell you that most people who were in Russia's audience don't yet know about the podcast. So if you have friends who, who listen to the Maha, I would ask you as a favor to us and maybe even as a favor to them, they can always say, oh, I hated that guy when he filled in for Rush. And, and I'm sure some people did, but that's one of the reasons that we ask you to share Oh, the rush is on my mind this morning because of the Clinton news. I, I can, because I listened my entire adult life, I can hear him saying, this is everything we knew about the Clintons already knew. And, and I could hear Rush saying, I, I could have, I could have read this to you five or six years ago and said Hillary was at the center of this. We told you she was at the center of this. 
And I can imagine, you know, James Golden Bosner, they going back and pulling up the old sound clips of where Rush said, it's going to come to fruition. It's going to be shown that they knew this was disinformation, that they knew they were lying to the FBI, that they knew that they were merchandising these lies. And he, he would be shown, he would be telling us, we told you about how the FBI did this. And, and it is just to watch it come to fruition. I, I would love to hear the Maha tear this, tear this apart. But we don't have Rush for that. And I am sure that in heaven, uh, I think that this is probably the, I, I think that Rush is looking at this and he now knows eternity. He walks with the Lord. So he, he is probably, well, not probably, he's cued into things that we can't even imagine. So, so he may be saying, guys, this is not the focus you should have. I don't know. I'm, I'm a kingdom-focused guy. But dang it, if we don't put this woman in prison, I fail to see why federal prisons exist. So here's where this is at. Oh, and by the way, since, since we're talking about this, We'll get into what um, MSNBC is trying to distract with. We'll talk about the disintegration of the disinformation committee, the truth ministry, because this is so important. It was a trial balloon. And we'll give a comparison case of well, a couple cases of where people are behind bars for a double life sentence. We'll do all of that. I want to, in this hour, just give a quick thank you to our partners at Allen's Artisan Soaps. They weren't able to make it to the event, but they gave away, I don't know how many bars of soaps. And I talked to probably 10, mostly women. One guy came and said, your favorite scent's not here. I couldn't find it. Mostly women who came to me said, this is magnificent smelling. I've been telling you this about Allen's Artisan Soap. So if you didn't there, you didn't get the free soap. So here's where we're at with this. Hillary Clinton okayed sharing the so-called data between, <laughs> supposedly between um, Trump the Trump organization, not the campaign, and a Russian bank partly owned by Russian oligarchs. Every rich politician in the world has ties to banks. Every wealthy, uber wealthy, that is people who don't have to work wealthy, has ties to banks where oligarchs are part of the ownership. I tire of the Russian bank narrative when our banking system is as corrupt as anything could ever be now, up to and including in my judgment jamie gorelick from citibank getting to steal banks because of the the engineered destruction of our economy oh by the way oh as i'm mentioning this the engineered destruction of our economy next hour we're going to talk about monkeypox and a carefully planned collapse because something came to my ear and Rush knew who this lady was, is. He knows who she is. He talked about this woman. This came up when they were talking about the disinformation committee, the, the, the truth minister losing her job, or at least her government job. She'll go be an MSNBC host in a couple of days. But there's a name that they mentioned, the hapless White House spokeslier mentioned a name. As Secretary Marco said, he has asked uh, former DHS Secretary Michael Chernoff and former DAG uh, Jamie Gorlick to- Gorlick! I heard that name and this, I guess that's the other reason the all has in my mind this morning, because he talked about Gorlick and who she was. 
she was one of the, the, the creators of the housing collapse. She was also one of the chief creators of the wall between the CIA and the FBI, which led to 9-11 being allowed to occur. She's going to review the disinformation committee, the truth ministry. She was at the center of all of these things. And, and she's back. The band is back together. She was a major player in Clinton land. And she's at the center of, of reviewing the truth ministry, ministry of truth. So Hillary Clinton authorized this. And how do we know? Because he didn't even sound reluctant. Robbie Mook, it was a, a campaign head, uh, campaign manager for Hillary. And in, in a 2016 campaign, and he just admitted it. He, he didn't even sound reluctant. And, and why would we see, why wouldn't he sound reluctant to admit? Yes, Hillary agreed that uh, to, to release what was falsified information about Trump having this backdoor lock uh, into Russia because he operates in slime. When you operate in slime, you can't feel slimy. It's beyond you. So he just said, yeah, 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 Hillary okayed that. Now let's keep some things in mind. This is a group that didn't just try to hack White House servers. They're, uh, they're um, um, the computers. They tried to plant on the DNS servers, they tried to plant evidence. This is the digital analog to someone coming into your house and planting drugs or getting into your car and, and planting a weapon you're not supposed to have or the dead body of a child. It's the same thing. It's in digital form. So he says, yes, she approved that. All right. That's, that's wow, number one, except of course she did. Wow, number two is from Jimmy Baker. If you think about all the Jims and Jameses attached to the FBI who have turned out to be utterly corrupt, <laughs> pardon me, we should, we should end, we should have a prohibition on anyone named James or Jimmy. You should have to change your name to, to work at senior levels of the FBI. Jimmy Baker, James Baker, pardon me, James Baker. James Baker reluctantly admitted <laughs> that his friend, and do you see the way the band has come back together? We're a nation of 330 million people. And, and we can't get past, we can't get past Clinton team. Clinton country. We can't get past Obama people. If, if you ever wonder why they were so insane to get you out of the White House by getting Trump out of the White House, just look at the names that keep coming up. We'll talk about Jamie Gorlick next hour. Uh, more responsible for more ruin in our country than any one human being, maybe, Jamie Gorlick. So James Baker, and this is from Fox News. Oh, no, pardon me. This is from The Federalist. I apologize. It's a good write-up from The Federalist. Margot Cleveland, she's a very, very good writer. 
Former FBI general counsel James Baker felt responsible for dragging his friend Michael Sussman into a maelstorm, yet remained 100% confident that Sussman claimed when providing Baker the Alpha Bank intel that he was not there on behalf of any particular client. Baker's testimony yesterday in the United States versus Sussman proved devastating to the former Clinton campaign attorney, both in substance and circumstance. So Sussman and his attorneys are saying, no, he never said that. No, no, he was there as a concerned American. He just came across this information and it was deeply concerning to him because he's a patriot. And he was deeply concerned because, because as you know, working around the Clintons, you, you, they have no tolerance for any form of dishonesty or graft or theft or slurping monies from the public trough or setting up a foundation, which is a foundation in name only, and selling Hillary Clinton's access as Secretary of State and letting William Jefferson Blythe Clinton III go about the world to places like Haiti. And when people are crawling on their hands and knees begging for food in the, in the wake of a huge storm, instead selling them internet access, broadband access, and then merchandising that back to his friends called FOBs at the State Department, FOBs, Friends of Bill, which they got priority meetings, they don't stand for any of that stuff. They, there is no graft. So he said, no, I wasn't there on behalf of the Clintons. I wasn't there. No, gosh, not, 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 not on behalf of anybody. Back to this piece in the Federalist. The indictment charged Sussman with violating Section 1001 of the Federal Criminal Code by telling Baker he was passing on the Alpha Bank information as a concerned citizen, not on behalf of any client. When in fact, Sussman represented both the Clinton campaign and tech executive Rodney Joff. So this matters in a, in a, in a very, very specific way. First of all, in a moral way, it, he lied. They have texts. They, they, and this is the funny thing is they're lying about this. And Sussman text to, to Jimmy Baker said, I'm not coming on behalf of any campaign. I'm just a concerned citizen. Well, there is a statute or there's, there's a, a, a philosophy in law that for something to rise to the level of being chargeable when giving the government false information, it has to, it has to actually matter. So it has to be material. It has to be to become actionable. It has to be material. Well, the fact that, that Hillary Clinton thought it was her turn to be president and the Clinton Foundation's donations had begun to flounder and would later collapse when she didn't win the presidency. They'd collapse altogether, so-called donations, because now they couldn't buy any access from the Trump people. So it mattered because of whom it came from. So Sussman would go on to provide Jimmy Baker with two thumb drives and several white papers which Bucker said, um, Baker said Sussman explained concerned an apparent sur a surreptitious communication channel between Alpha Bank, which he described as being connected to the Kremlin in Russia and some of the Trump organization in the United States of America. Um, this is the same swindle that Hunter Biden was running. It is the sale of the White House. Or in the case of Hillary Clinton of the State Department, it is selling our secrets. It's selling our energy or our rights to energy. In, in, in the case of um, of the uranium from from the Canadian uranium rights, sold that to Russia. 
This is the selling of our country bit by bit to players like Russia, which, which, and this is so classic Clinton. Everything they did, they first said their opponent was doing. It is, it is uh, Alinsky 101. And Hillary Clinton, of course, of course, wrote one of her uh, one of her uh, college theses on Alinsky. She had she sought him out. She got an audience with him. She wrote him letters because he was such a great, great man. But when you operate in slime, you you can't see the slime. So Jimmy Baker says he is he's sad. He said he felt he felt responsible for dragging his friend into a maelstrom. I'm sorry. How many more Trump generals needed to be tossed in a prison cell? General Flynn was he he was fundamentally destroyed. Now, thanks to Steve Bannon and some others, he's getting his money back or re-earning money. But they destroyed him and threatened his entire family. In a setup, if you stack up what they did to this country, you stack it up and you actually diagram it. They put Flynn through absolute ruin after they set him up and and it was the adulterous lovers, Paige and Strzok saying, let's go see if we can, quote, get him to lie meaning put words in his mouth or get something absolutely immaterial so they can simply charge him with lying. And all he said is, I don't remember that phone call. And they also told him, they basically told him, look, we just want to get this cleared up. Let's get him to lie. Down to and including this. Now, this is where, to me, this gets ultimately, ultimately just shadow government scary to me. The FISA court says, oh, okay, so we took some action. And and what'd you do? You were lied to twice about the nature of the Clinton uh, information against Trump. You were lied to twice. You let them wiretap and spy on the campaign of someone running for president of the United States. Two people of the two major candidates, one would be president. You let them spy and it was clearly on behalf of the Clintons. And, and you're not going to put someone in prison for this? Because people are put in prison for the rest of their lives for some things. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But this here is why big government is poison. Well, there's many reasons that big government is poison. But one of them is because you can hide in, in, in big government. You can hide anything. Because it's so big, you can blame, oh, it's incompetence or it's, uh, you know, we just took on too much or we don't, we don't have enough funding. You can hide anything. And when government is so big and has such partnerships as they do, for instance, with the media in this country, they can, they can coordinate to hide things. Next hour. We're going to talk about a, a little a series of test runs that were done. There was a test run 
believe it or not, a, a test run done uh, on the food chain. The food chain reaction was really to create these scenarios based on scenarios that have happened in the past, but how do countries respond to them? We had eight teams. We had four rounds spanning from 2020 to 2030. Our real hope was that we would get players from all around the world to elevate a more global conversation among all of those different worldwide experts. They ran a rehearsal for what we're in now, but they didn't prevent what we're in now. When all of us saw what we're in now coming two years ago, the coordination with the media in this is another huge part of this story. Only now, and why is it now that they're beginning to talk about Hunter Biden? Why is it now that over the weekend, NBC News, or oh no, it was beginning last week, we talked about it on Friday. NBC News suddenly has the okay to talk about Hunter Biden and say, yeah, there really was a laptop. Why is this happening now? You know who's expendable? Joe Biden. Joe Biden is absolutely expendable to these people. He is, the, there's a new poll out. It's utterly devastating about Biden. He's absolutely expendable. This new poll proves he's expendable. And I still wish that we could hear Rush take this apart. Let's say about this poll and, and compare this case of people who walk away scot-free and remind us all of the Bible's admonition that you are not to pick winners and losers. I know that's not the biblical language, but we can go verse by verse through where they talk about this. In God's own word. Oh, man, it was just a tremendous Friday night um, for partners of the program. Uh, two of our partners, got were, we asked to speak. Um, uh, Tim Cruikshank from Bonefrog Coffee opened the event. We'll talk about Tim in a bit. Um, I was so proud of my friend, Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Um, we will get a video of this up, some clips, and the subscription service now is absolutely going to happen. And the full video of the speech will be part of the subscription service. But the reason I was so proud of my friend, Zach Abraham, is at the last minute, we had a change in the program. And I asked Zach to moderate a panel. And he moderated a panel with two very, very godly lawmakers, um, Jim Walsh and Representative Jesse Young. Now, they're from the separate country of Washington State. But trust me, you would love to have these guys in your state. And Zach took this on and listened to what they were saying about what was going on, what the party was banning the party has banned, believe it or not, in Washington State, the party has banned um, speaking the name of Jesus Christ on the House floor. You can't speak his name. Banned. Get you kicked out. Or since a lot of people have to do this through Zoom, they'll just turn your Zoom off. Having heard that, Zach from the stage said his own money is going to go behind helping these guys win their races. He said that in front of like, you know, a thousand people or more because he listened to godly men admit that we are living in an ungodly age. This is who he is. And I saw him afterwards. We were blessed with an hour and a half of visiting with people uh, who came to the show, taking pictures and shaking hands and getting to meet you out of the corner of my eye. Zach left after I did. I was out of there after an hour and a half of shaking hands and talking to people because they were shutting the church down and security wanted me to leave. And Zach was still there answering questions, talking with people about finances, about stewardship. Hour and a half. Well, in Zach's case, two hours after he spoke, two and a half hours after he spoke, hanging out with people. 
Bulwark Capital Management is a firm run by a guy who deeply wants to help you avoid the pitfalls of preparing for retirement. Bulwark Capital Management is almost solely focused on risk management. Yes, the upside matters, but what good is a 40% gain or a 4% gain if, if in six months you have a 12% loss? If you are nearing retirement, if it's within sight with a couple years, you got to get on the risk management program with Bulwark Capital Management. Just call 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to know, K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The, the, the comparisons here are so stark and so incredible as to who spends time double life sentences. It speaks directly to the party. And I am firmly convinced, absolutely 100%, no doubt that Mitch McConnell is right at the center of the party and is a player shoulder to shoulder with Nancy Pelosi on most things. I am absolutely convinced that Kevin McCarthy is a player in the party, absolutely shoulder to shoulder with Nancy Pelosi on many things. Biden's approval rating, this is why he's so expendable. Biden's approval rating right now is at minus 13.2%. And this is an amalgamation of polls. 538 average, the, the 538 polling system average. He's the most unpopular president at this point in their, in their career or their office. The most unpopular president ever. Far lower than Trump, Carter, Ford, lower than Reagan. And let's remember what they did to Reagan. Let's remember what they did to Trump. The graphic on this, to look at the graphic between, between Biden and Carter is shocking. Now, Carter went on to be have much lower approval ratings, but what exactly would convince anyone that Joe Biden is going to recover from this and have a better approval rating? I mean, Joe Biden can make jokes all day long about resigning. That Rick Scott, you called that Rick Scott a little while ago in your remarks. Earlier today, anticipating your remarks, he said, and I'm just quoting here, that uh, the best thing, most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem. Resign. The senator added later. The senator added later. Joe Biden is unwell, he's unfit for office, he's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. These are his words. Offering you a chance to respond to that. I think the man has a problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> he may. I mean, he's a shiny shoe. He may have a problem. But the approval ratings here, this guy, he is so expendable. So is this why? We have the Hunter Biden piece. Now, NBC, which is part of the MSNBC world, is now suddenly talking about Hunter Biden. And please, let's not start with they're confirming the reporting of the New York Post. They're confirming nothing. They're going and doing the reporting the Post did, and they refused to do, that they, in fact, called this information, and here we have it. Now, the Hunter Biden laptop, here's what NBC is writing about this. He, he brought in 11 million bucks from 2013 to 2018. Now, think of 11 million bucks. And he still had to reach out for, for people to pay his income tax for him. The, the email chains show that he still needed help paying his income tax with 11 million bucks coming in through his hands. Now, listen, 
It has occurred to me that I have not been, a, a, prior to meeting Zach Abraham, I have not been a great steward of money. I'm not here to point fingers. It's easy to feel like you have a lot of money, but 11 million bucks? The smartest guy in the world, according to Joe Biden, the smartest man he's ever met. Oh, and incidentally, so much evidence in the laptop of who the big guy was, is Joe Biden. What the big guy got, millions and millions of dollars, and no questions about this. And if you compare this, right, we'll go back to comparison land. Do you remember that it was a constitutional crisis? Anytime someone stayed at a Trump hotel, do you remember this? And, and by the way, and it wasn't even a Trump hotel. It was a Trump licensed hotel. And this, 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 this matters. So if you have a hotel that's paying money to have the Trump name attached to that. Okay. So that they can call it a Trump hotel. The president get, would get very, very, very little money for that. Because it's a licensing arrangement. He's not getting points on the percentage of monies that people spend inside a, a hotel. He's been paid. The license is to, to allow them to use his name. But this was a constitutional crisis. Every single time this happened, it was a constitutional crisis. But it's not a constitutional crisis. When the president's son is clearly passing foreign monies on to the guy or the, the vice president's son is clearly selling his dad's name. And now that dad gets to call himself president of the United States and Joe Biden not in jail. Joe Biden's not in prison. Hunter Biden's not in prison. Hunter Biden's business partners will probably go to prison. Many of them have been indicted in their own countries. More than one of them has been indicted in their own countries. That this goes all the way over to Ukraine with the bio labs that Hunter helped fund all the way over there. It's to, I'm trying to imagine what it would take to draw. You'd have to do the Sistine Chapel of politics. I mean, not in terms of beauty, but in terms of evil, you would have to, you know what someone should do? I, I, this would, you know what would be amazing? This would be amazing. Someone should get to a conservative if there are any in the NFL. Maybe the Dallas team. Is Jerry Jones a conservative? Get to the Dallas team. They've got that Megatron. And isn't that what it's called? The Megatron? It's a massive TV screen, right? It's, it's Some people say it's a better view than the game. Well, I mean, it is the game, but... Okay, I have an idea for the Megatron. Send this. If uh, Hey, Republicans, I'm going to give you a hand. God has inspired me with an idea. Do a hand here. Something occurred to me clear as day. When we were at this event um, this, uh, this Friday and I was getting to spend time with you, something occurred to me absolutely clear as day uh, about the, um, the relationship we have with our partners. I, I firmly believe uh, that the Lord has aligned us. I firmly believe it because we are aligned in, in so many ways, even partners that are really, that are new to us. And I don't get to regularly hang out with, for instance, um, I don't get to regularly hang out with the people from American financing, Americanfinancing.net. I've gotten to know them. They were with Rush for, for, for a decade. 
Um, I've got to know the people at Soda Weight Loss. Um, my wife knows them far better than I do. And, and she's just has fallen in love with that program. So I don't get to see them as much as I'd like. But the partners of the smaller businesses we're helping out or, or core partners like, like Bulwark, um, Tim Cruikshank from Bonefrog. I mentioned we had this change in the program. I found out that Tim was coming or I would have already invited him to speak. I gave him a heads up about oh, three hours beforehand. I asked him to say a prayer and I asked him to lead us in the national anthem and to introduce the woman who sang the, um, the national anthem for us. Tim said, absolutely. And when he came and he did that, well, I was so thankful he introduced himself to the audience and he got an, an instant, an amazing round of applause. And he also stayed and talked with people. But when I listened to the man's prayer for this country and I saw him in the audience, as I addressed the audience and I made mention to people who served in combat and I talked about people being okay doing that and saying, yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm going to use my training, but also said that there are folks, warriors who were reluctant, like, or not reluctant because they can't be, you'll get killed. But who later said, I wish I hadn't have, have been forced to do that. I wish there was another way, but there wasn't. And I saw Tim gather with fellow combat vets. And what was so heartening about this is it's, it's clearly, oh my gosh, looking in his eyes, the God country team saying that's on every bag of, of, of bone frog coffee. I saw it in his eyes. And I saw it when he talked to a gentleman who was uh, probably 20 years, his senior, also a combat vet an army ranger and <laughs> Navy seals and army rangers sometimes have not great relationships, but to watch these two men gather. Yeah. It's about the coffee. It is. It's always about the coffee with Tim. I also know that he knew that there was a, um, there were members of the audience there who had drunk the coffee. He was seeking them out. Not, not to sell more coffee, to find out what they thought. Just phenomenal. Just, I'm so, we're so blessed. You get 5% off a Bonefrog subscription. Coffee delivered to your home on time. Any delivery method, any blend. It's bonefrog.us. Make sure you use the .us so that they know it came from the show. It's bonefrog.us. Can you see why, um, and I shouldn't do this because it'll remind people that I'm a rank amateur. We allow to fill in on the program sometimes. Does he still live in Seattle? Uh, Mr. Shirley, why does, why does Herman still live in Seattle? Um, can you hear Rush tearing in this material? I, I, I'd, I'd pay money. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk has run into, and he predicted it. And man, I'm starting to worry that Elon might want, he might be getting a taste of that politics. He, he might be getting some of that, that, you know, that sweet, sweet high of power. It's very seductive. I was reminded this weekend, you know, Friday, um, um, when I went to the event, I walked through this neighborhood in Kirkland, Washington with these multi-million dollar homes. And, and it was seductive. I got to admit, I've tried to let that part of myself go. I've asked the Lord to, to enter into me. I've asked Christ to take over the Holy Spirit to run things. It's a, but man, I'm telling you a red Lamborghini drove by me in front of a $6 million home with a whole bunch of waterfront. And I could feel the juice coming back. Maybe a couple more startups. One more time and maybe a couple million, just all they need is six or seven. And I don't, I don't need it. Lord will provide. 
Um, but Musk, he might be getting the sense of power because he'd said, they're going to come at me now that I have broken ranks because he came out and said, I'm not going to vote a Democrat anymore. Democrats, and he's made a point that they've gone completely nuts um, and, and, are, and are absolutely radical and thieving. So there it is. He's been accused of sexual harassment. Elon Musk challenged the woman who accused him of sexual misconduct to describe details of his intimate body parts that are not... <laughs> that are not known by the public in a bid to disprove her claims from Fox News. But I have a challenge to this liar who claims their friend saw me exposed. Just describe one thing, anything at all, scars, tattoos, that isn't known by the public. She won't be able to do so because it never happened. Well, then again, maybe he doesn't have any scars or anything distinguishing there. Um, <laughs> you could always go to the lie detector thing. But of course, right on time, we get this. I listened to a Glenn Beck podcast on the way back and, and one of Glenn's guests, and I forget, I regret the fact that I can't remember his name, was making the point that they let, you know, Cosby was basically protected. Everybody knew that Cosby, apparently everybody in Hollywood, knew that he liked to drug young women and then rape them. Uh, but they let that go because, of course, he was at the time thought of as helpful to the Democrat cause because uh, he was a black guy in entertainment and they could point to him and say, here is, you know, uh, someone who did well. But then he started to say, pull your pants up, pay your bills, father your kids. And that bothered him. That really bothered him. And so he was persona non grata. Then when the, the sex abuse charges came out the second time and he actually went to trial, they didn't care. They let him swing. So Musk is encountering this. But he has the money to fight it. And he's announced that Tesla, because they're also saying they're going to go at Tesla. He's announced that Tesla will, will not settle any lawsuit against them. Even if they lose money, that is unjust. But he also said, if a, a just suit comes against this company, we will not fight it. We'll settle it even if we lose money. And he's apparently, well, not apparently, he's on Twitter seeking lawyers to help him with this quest. And money's a magical thing when it comes to law in America. And it shouldn't be, but it is because of government. Because when government decides to go at you or you have a stack deck situation like an intellectual property, if you ever, if a big company ever steals one of your patents, a big company steals it, you're screwed. They'll, they'll stomp you, which gave rise to the patent trolls. And then patent trolls got a bad name and they're really just protecting the intellectual property of small companies. I, one of my good friends is one of the most famous patent trolls in the world. So successful. Well, they've seen now that that's not going to happen. They're not going to let small timers defend their patents. They're not going to let small timers defend their songs. It's all, it's all become big government infected, which, which brings us to this. Hillary has skated. Huma has skated. Her team that smashed her phones and servers with hammers have skated. Her cybersecurity people do media hits. Explaining the threat to, to America's, quote, democracy because of Russia. They get to do media hits. Bill has skated. Hunter has skated. They've all skated. Well, except for Trump land. Well, some of those people didn't exactly skate. But there's this. And to me, signs of life. 
from the the otherwise hapless, useless, shiny shoes in the Republican Party. Thomas Massey is an MIT educated scientist who is a um, who's becoming one of my very favorite representatives because and it, this is so very sad. Speaking truth in times of in times of universal deceit, speaking truth is an act of bravery, and he is so good at it. Um, he's from Kentucky. And so people who's from Kentucky, oh, well, he must be an ignorant coal miner. Maybe he's stupid because he got coal dust in his eyes, or he must be stupid because he's from Kentucky. Because you know how the party views people by state by state. You know, if you're in coal, well, you got to be stupid. If you're a farmer, I mean, come on, how stupid can you be? What do you grow? You grow food? That's stupid. All these stupid people grow food. By the way, let's go to dinner. <laughs> it's typical of the party. That's what it is. So Massey is describing a case of a young man. And I want us to compare, contrast and compare. Um, over the weekend, yet another piece of research came out about pharma. Yet another piece of research that doesn't tie, by the way, it proves because it comes from a massive, massive data set. Massive. It proves the connection between the injections and heart injuries, myocarditis, pericarditis, all the things we've talked about. It proves them to an unquestionable degree. And it's a peer-reviewed paper from a major organization. We have that. Last week, I made mention of this. We'll get into it much deeper this week. There's yet more proof that having been injected a couple of times makes you more likely to get the COVID, but something else. It's destroying immune systems. That's been shown again. And meanwhile, experts are absolutely experts are absolutely baffled, baffled, stunned as to how monkeypox is spreading. Because monkeypox heretofore has spread only through intimate contact. How could it be that suddenly monkeypox is able to spread, they're saying, very, very quickly. But next hour, we'll, we'll get Robert Malone's comments on this. Robert Malone says it's panic porn. It seems like panic porn to me. So we have the proof of the heart damage, myocarditis and pericarditis. We have proof that natural immunity is far better than, than the non-immunity from the pills. Where'd that come from? Moderna. It's Moderna's own data. We have proof that the government is erasing tens of thousands of cases of serious injury from the VARS database. We have proof that the government is filing Death, not deaths, but, but things that can cause death, heart injury, um, neurological problems. They're filing this on the VARS database under insignificant injuries. They're claiming they're insignificant because most people only read the top line data. We've got all that proof. Meanwhile, they've agreed that five to 11 year olds should be boosted with this poison trash that you are insane, insane to have your kids shot up with. It's it's just going to prove to be so deadly over time. It's already deadly, but oh my goodness, the, the after effects. So I want you to keep that in mind. Contrast and compare to a young man who's doing uh, some serious prison time. 
So I made mention of my friends um, at American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net. I haven't gotten to spend as much time with them as I would like, but I get to talk to people who have spent time with them. Now, I certainly did my research and yep, I'm telling you that American Financing had a, had a, a head start with us because of the relationship with the, with, with the Limbaugh team. And yeah, I'll mention one more time since this show is basically dedicated to Rush, this, this episode. So that came with a, a head start. Obviously, if Rush worked with them for a decade, uh, clearly I would be really ready to work with them. But now I've got three comments from people who've dealt with, uh, with, with American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net. Dear friend of mine, Tap them to see, could he improve his situation? Would a, would a uh, refinance help him? And they came and they spoke with him, looked at his circumstance, very quickly came back and said, man, you are sitting pretty. Stay put. Nothing we can do for you. Stay put. This is a family owned national mortgage bank. They had an opportunity. They could have told my friend, yep, yep, we could help you. Yeah, let's, let's just do this or that. And it may not look like it, but no, they didn't. Another person tapped him, same thing came in and said, no, you are sitting really pretty too. But they did have a suggestion. Because he mentioned, I'm going to be looking at buying a vacation house. They said, well, then get with us. Why? Well, because of this. Third friend who contacted American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net about purchasing land. That's hard to do. They said, hey, let's talk. Why? Because of his circumstances. See, because it's a family-owned national mortgage bank, they make the rules. They decide. They treat everybody like a, like, a, like a unique human being. You have unique income circumstance, boom, they'll take care of it. Now, for the vast majority of my audience, this is the time to take them up on something they do for free. It is a free mortgage review. I'll tell you why. You have the opportunity to save up to a thousand bucks a month on your mortgage. Are you kidding me? You invest that thousand bucks a month. What do you pay for? A college education, a new home. You further your nest egg for retirement. You pay down bills. Right? So this is a free mortgage review. There are no commission salespeople. There's no reason for them to ever push you into something you ought not do. In fact, they just told you they do the opposite. And if they can help you guys, they can get it done in as little as 10 days. Oh, cash out refinance? You need cash? Yes. The answer is yes. Work with people who are going to treat you with the respect you deserve. American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net. My advice, don't wait. Just call them. 866-887-2275. 866-887-2275. Or NMLS 182-334. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. AmericanFinancing.net. Um, there's this, this is Thomas Massey. I was just talking about and how high I am. And I hope I don't find out that he's, he's acting. I hope that he is genuine in this. He's speaking here about a, a to me, a contrast and compare opportunity. I just went through my list of, you know, recent grievances about the, the murderers at big pharma. And I could do, as you know, I could get obsessed with big pharma. So I best stop now. But listen to this comparison to a kid who set up a website that some people used to deal drugs and to ship money around secretly. Case of Ross Ulbrich, uh, he was a young, peaceful, first-time offender serving a double life prison plus 40 years. The guy has been condemned to rot in prison for setting up a website called Silk Road. And there were people selling drugs on there and, and he probably knew that was happening. 
but the people who were selling drugs on there who got convicted are already out of prison. And the guy who set up the website when he was 26 years old is now 10 years later, this, this fall, he will, uh, it will be the 10th anniversary of his time in prison. He was an Eagle Scout. He doesn't, he doesn't claim that he was innocent. He, he knows now that it was a crime. He's asking for clemency. He's asking for his sentence to be commuted. And, uh, you know, he's got a college degree. He could be a productive member of society. And so I would like, hopefully, the executive branch to look at this case. But, but they're not going to. The party cannot have competition to this stuff. The official cartels are pharma. They get to get young people addicted to psychotropic drugs that are as addictive as heroin and fentanyl. They get to lie their way into distributing fentanyl. They get to invent pain as the fifth vital sign. They get to do all of this because they bought the franchise. Instead of sneaking the drugs across the border, under the border, over the border, in partnership with Mexico-based narco-terrorists like Barack Obama's friends in the Taliban did, they have purchased members of Congress. They have purchased Medicare. They have purchased the FDA. They have purchased the CDC. That's not government and pharma aren't companies. Big pharma are state actors. And the, 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 the nefariousness of the planned collapse, which we'll talk about next era, uh, 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 next hour, is so gargantuan. Every time things in society get worse, pharma benefits. There is no benefit for pharma for society getting better. The crazier <laughs> the party makes people, the more people say, man, I got to get me some pills. And listen, uh, let me be utterly clear. If you have found yourself on antidepressants and you need them, I trust you as an adult to make that decision. I beg you to do massive research before you ever get your kids near a pill pusher, ever, psychiatrists, because many psychiatrists are pill pushers. Again, not all of them. Many of them are some of the greatest people I've ever met and still prescribe drugs. And, and, and the good ones do it reluctantly. Let me give you another example of this selectism, this, this picking and choosing, this whataboutism. Whataboutism is a brilliant tool. That's why the left of the party doesn't want us to use it because whataboutisms speak to, whataboutisms speak to comparison. The, the party cannot have logic. It cannot have logical standards because they operate in fear. Fear is their major tool. In Atlanta, there is a new Antifa stand set up. And let's please, please don't call it autonomous zones. Please don't use the names of the enemy, the language of the enemy. These are not autonomous zones. They're terrorist camps. Andy No is tracking in Atlanta that they're finally getting some FBI attention after attempted murder of cops. <laughs> the, 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 um, they've created barricades. They hurl firebombs at responding police. There's all sorts of video of them sh attacking cops from this place in the forest. They, they attempted to burn down a forest to defend themselves against cops. And only now 
Is there any FBI attention to this? Do you see any news about this at CNN, MSNBC? Do you see any Republicans speaking to this? This is in Georgia. It's a fairly conservative state. It's right by Kentucky. Mitch McConnell could be all over this. The Republican Party could be all over this. You could play the race angle on this a thousand times a day. Most of the people doing this are young white people. And what is Atlanta? It's a, it's a, it's a, a very, very large black population. So you're going to burn down a forest near one of the majority black cities? You think that might harm black children, black and brown children? You think black and brown firefighters might be harmed going to fight this? It's phenomenal. You can do these comparisons all day long. The, the Colorado Antifa shooter is going to get no prison time. This is a cat who drove it, who shot at people trying to drive away from a protest. This is from the Denver Post that covered the story. And by the way, thank you, Denver Post, for covering this. The, the, the fact that this young man was shooting at people as they drove away and, and is not going to go to prison, but is going to get a slap on the wrist. There were no people shooting at cops on January 6th or at protesters. But it's this to me that absolutely takes every piece of cake that we've served today and every piece of cake that we're going to serve this week. There's been a change in the science. You ready for this? <laughs> it is now good to feed kids dairy at a younger age. The American Academy of Pediatrics, which, which, which pretends kids don't need to see human faces to develop properly, which pretends that boys are girls and girls are boys, which pretends masks help, which pretends that the injections are helpful to kids, that same disgusting former body of physicians, now a political group, has announced they've lowered their recommendation as to what age you can feed kids... <laughs> Dairy. Why? Because Biden's formula shortage is harming the politics. Man, you can't smell the stink when you roll around in it. You can't. In the time of Christ, they couldn't smell it. And, I mean, it's still the crime of Christ, but when Christ walked in the work, they couldn't smell the corruption. When, when, when Jesus, you think about the, the, the one moment that Christ used anger. And he walks into worship in the temple. Well, he was, he's the God of the universe. He knew what was going on. But he walks in and not only do they have animals in the temple, because, you know, they were still doing the animal sacrifice and think, the, the, I'm so glad that the Lord Jesus put a stop to that. That he comes in, there's the animals. Not only are there the animals, but people would, they couldn't afford animals. So they'd bring them from all over the world to them. 
and bring them in. And, and then the power brokers say, no, that, that animal's no good. I see a blemish on it. There's no blemish. No, I said, there's a blemish. You're going to have to buy a temple animal. Oh, but first you need to go exchange your money because that money, we're not going to take that. You need to go get temple money and the exchange rate's going to be in our favor. And Hey, if you're back too long, uh, I might have to raise my rates because man, I'm running out of animals over here. So scurry along and come and do your exchange. And the Lord Jesus came and saw that. And, and he looked at this and just absolutely began knocking the tables over and destroying, destroying things and saying, you've turned my, my father's uh, house uh, in, into a farmland or it, it just so disgusted with this. I know I'm paraphrasing. And when the Lord did that, there were people who said, by what authority do you do this? Oh, whose authority do you have? And of course, the, the authority was was implied with the miracles and the feeding of people and the, the curing and of the of the lepers, etc., and and would be proven when he rose again in three days after they they took his earthly life. But even if, let's just say if, if if the Lord Jesus was not in fact God's Son, not in fact God Himself in the Holy Trinity, if that wasn't the case, do you think the God of the Hebrews, the I- Israel? The great I am, who is absolutely throughout Leviticus and Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy, absolutely detailed. You don't cheat a neighbor. If you take from someone a promise to repay a debt, you give it back to them at the end of the day. You don't weigh the scales down. You don't put a thumb on the scale. He was prescriptive in how you would practice these sacrifices. At no point did he say, make this a profit-earning enterprise. At no point. And yes, the Lord taught financial stewardship. They couldn't smell the stink of that activity. And the people at the American Academy of Pediatrics can't smell their stink. Let's make sure that we never lose the ability to smell our own stink. You know, one of the great prayers that King David prayed was to ask the Lord to search him for his inequities. Sometimes it's ugly, but not to God. When we ask the Lord to search us for inequities and he says, okay, here you go. These are your inequities. These are ugly things you do and have done. The Lord finds beautiful us saying, you're right, Father. I have gone astray and I need your help to not go astray any longer. To the Lord, it's progress, just like with us, with our kids. I don't believe that progress is coming to D.C. I believe it's going to have to be done outside of D.C. Our prayers, yes, for them, but our prayers for us to live as God would have us live. That's how we perhaps rescue America, but definitely save our souls. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate you. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and... Be in prayer that God will show us how or whether show us our inequities so that the Lord of the universe can help us improve. Thank you, Father.